Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend and the CEO and founder of Startups.com. Will, we have been doing this for a long while. I think that's well established at this point. We've run a lot of different businesses and we currently run a bunch of different businesses. How often in our history have we thought, oh my God, here comes a competitor. Something just happened. They raised funds. They just entered the market. You know, they branched out horizontally into our space. They're going to eat our lunch. How often has that happened? Never. Never. And the funny thing, it's not because we're that good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I would love to say this. Touche. With this incredible kind of like like fervor to say, never, no one has stopped us, right? We are all powerful. Like we're, we're, we're good, right? We're good at what we do. But there has been so much competition throughout our careers, you know, like within the last 10 years of startups, there's been a million people and a million different things that they're doing. But also with all the other businesses that we've done before, there's always been this supposed apocalyptic moment where this one competitor is show, they show up and maybe they're funded or maybe they're going to do something. And it's just end of days for us. We might as well just pack up the tents and, and leave and go do something else. And every single time, like clockwork, it never actually happens. Like we always assume it's going to happen. It never actually happens. And I'm talking across, boy, it must be, Ryan, now that I think about it, 20 different businesses, 20 different industries, you name it. And every single time, no matter what the competitors were, whatever the situation was, just kind of nothing really happened. And, And what I'd love to talk about today is what competition actually means to us, the amount of stress it puts on us, you know, as founders and what actually happens. Right. And how do we stay focused around all of this and kind of think through it? All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, this is another one of those problems. And there's so many founder problems that fall into this category of the the problem casts a much longer shadow than than the actual problem, right? That we, right. we see these things magnified and huge and awful. And we assume that there's a Netflix for our blockbuster. There just isn't, right? There just isn't. Right, like there's right, so right. few of those. It actually took me a while to pull a reference that I was like, okay, I need somebody I can talk about here. Who is it? Netflix and blockbuster, right? It's like one of the only I can think of. Uh, I mean, I guess Lyft is definitely less relevant, um, but they're still out there, right? They're still doing well, their thing. billion dollar public companies. Yes, right? right? Uber, so, right? Yeah. And actually, I think so, Lyft might actually be making money at this point. I'm, still, I'm not sure yeah, Uber's that. doing that yet. Yeah, the way I see it is the, the problem for all of us in how we view competition, how we process competition, is that if we process it the wrong way as founders, and certainly how we process that with our team, has real impact. Yeah. Because this is how we respond. It's, it's how it creates all this, this stress and anxiety and it gives us the thing where we, if we get so distracted with the minimal amount of time that we have to execute to begin with, that's a problem. Right, right. If we create a whole bunch of anxiety that we're taking to bed with us every night and it stresses out and it wears our body down and it makes us you know, less of a capable founder, 
That's a problem. Huge issue. Yep. So we need to figure out what to do about it. When you see the competition, we need to think about how to think about it. And again, Ryan, you and I have had the benefit of having been through this so many times where we freaked out every time. Yep. And then lo and behold, nothing happened. Nothing happens. Every time. Right. And, and it wasn't, again, to your point, it wasn't because we, we laid out some strategic plan or we figured out how we could outmaneuver the competition. We just kept doing our thing. They kept doing theirs. Turns out nothing much occurred between the two of us, right? You just stay your course. The first mistakes we made, I made, et cetera, was thinking that every time there was a new entrant, they were going to be this monopolistic entry that, that if, if they won, it yeah. had to directly mean that we lost. Well, hey, look, man, they game. showed up with a binder on it that said secret formula for victory. So like, done. I, we, done. we were sure that they had all the answers that we lacked. And somehow, despite the fact that they were coming out of the gate cold and we had been doing this for several years, we were sure they were going to be the end of us, right? That right. It's, it's funny. Like the, it's, I guess it's, it's some version of the grass is always greener on the other side, right? I, the founder's always smarter on the other team. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, we would think we had a head start. We had, you know, uh, years and years of experience. We had multiple business units. And yet each time one of these would show up, it was like gloom and doom. We were so scared, right? And without any reason, right? Nothing, nothing came to pass as a result. I think it started off, I think we set ourselves off on the wrong course because we made the wrong assumptions. Yeah. One of the biggest assumptions I think we all make as founders is that there's this winner take all mentality. Right, right. That Zero there's going sum to be game. one person, yep. right. If they come in, it's not that they get some of the businesses. Apparently they get not. all of it <laughs> of and course. no one else can compete. <laughs> yep. Now there are cases where that's happened, right? Sure. If you really look at uh, Netflix and, and what happened to Blockbuster, but that had more to do with the timing of an entire industry. That had less yeah. to do about- yep. It wasn't like Netflix opened up another retail store Correct. and somehow beat Blockbuster. Correct. They were heading in a completely different direction. That yep. entire industry was going away. Yeah. It wasn't just an iteration. It was a full innovative leap uh, that, that right. led to that. Yep. If you look at, at Facebook and the massive dominance they've had, particularly in the advertising industry, but of course in the social networking yep. industry, you look at that and say, oh, okay, but there's also Twitter. Yeah. There's also LinkedIn. There's, yeah. I mean, there's tons of other social networks that are all billion dollar companies, right? Even in that particular case, it's not the winner take all kind of mentality. And, and sure. I would argue that's one of the most asymmetric, you know, victories that I could probably point to. Yeah. And so in every case, the first thing I think we need to unpack and kind of think about a little bit is how often does the winner take all, right? In, in how many cases are there <laughs> Well, that's just not the case. When was the last time you went to the grocery store, Will? You know how many kinds of ketchup you can buy? Right. How many kinds right. of mustard? How many kinds of anything that you can pick up off the shelves? Uh, because turns out there are differences in consumer preference and choice. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, again, like there are so, so very few examples that we can pull where things actually got to this monopolistic level. By the way, we have laws that, that help to prevent this stuff. Um, but even without those, it's just not something that occurs in nature very often because of things like consumer preference and other competitive forces, changing markets, all of these things. Um, and to your point, like it just, it never gets to that zero sum moment where it's like, okay, we've won all the business, every bit of it, it's all ours now. It just doesn't happen. I remember early on when I was running a business called swapalease.com. Mm -hmm. It was this online sure. leasing marketplace. 
And I remember we had a competitor that came on board and it's called leashtrader.com. Who knows if either of those businesses are still around and long since gone in my career. But I remember as soon as I saw them come on, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a huge problem for us. Yeah. And then around the same time, I'll never forget this. This is like, this is a long time. It was like a circa 2001-ish. I saw people posting on something like a precursor to what was going to be Upwork later. Okay. That they would like for $500 to run a project to copy the exact template of Swapalese <laughs> and give it just a slightly different domain. And I was like, oh no, like yeah. all these companies are just going to copy right. and paste my, my idea. Yeah. And there's going to be a million competitors where we run out of town. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Everyone tried. Everyone failed. Not because we were so amazing, because it's just not that easy. You just won't, right. won't copy and paste the business model. One of the things that I wildly overestimated in this winner take all mentality was that one, there was an all to take, right? Sure. That there that somebody had the option to take all. Number two, that the team that I was competing with was so amazing right. that they were going to run circles around us. But number three, and the most important that the customer really thought of it that way, that the customer was saying, I actually only want one product option and that's it. Yeah. Now tell me, well, just to go back, because there are, there are times where this can make a little more sense to me, right? In terms of our reaction as founders, I'm not saying it's, it's fully valid, but there are times where it makes a little more sense. So with least trader, the, the competition that came in, who you were sure was going to Evil, be the end of days. Trader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were they were they a a larger conglomerate of some sort? Were they part of the auto trader, RV trader, boat trader network? They, they weren't. It so they so they were just competitor. out of nowhere. Some some other folks out of their garage just doing their thing. So no reason I, to believe this. It wasn't like Google said, "Hey, we're going to start allowing you to reassign your leases, um, and we're going to make it you know the a core function on our site." Right? That would be a little more scary. But here here's why I thought it was going to be a problem. Because I thought of it like this. I'm in such a niche industry at such an early time in the formative years of the internet. Yep. Believe it or not, even back then, 20 years ago, I recognized that we are still in the formative years. Sure. And I'm kind of like, look, there's only going to be so many people that are going to want to do this online. They're going to find our site that we're going to acquire. That if some idiot comes in and takes up half of our business, well, my unit economics were based on having all the business. Mm. And so now if I only make half as much money, I'm screwed. Yeah. A funny thing happened. Nothing changed. Yeah. Our economics didn't change. Our traffic didn't change. Our revenue didn't change. Nothing changed. Fast forward 20 years later, different business, virtual.com. Yep. Ryan, how many people have started a virtual assistant business? Like all of them. Oh man, there are quite literally thousands and thousands of them. And they range from, you know, the competitors who are maybe similar size and shape to, to Zirtual to individual assistants who launch what looks like a business where there's just one person behind it. Maybe there are thousands it's and thousands awesome. and thousands. Not a day goes by that I don't get an unsolicited message on LinkedIn <laughs> asking me if I would like to hire a virtual assistant, which yeah. is pretty funny considering we, we own that business. I got um, an email this morning, Will, that says, hi, sir, I researched your profile very good and I can see that you would need it. A, a virtual assistant. I said, if you had researched my profile very good, you would have seen that I own a virtual assistant company. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. I can see that you're, you're very good at the research. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And, and so in all that time where every single person you can fathom has joined into the fray of that business, yep. everyone from Upwork at, at one level to 
how many countless AI versions of virtual assistants have come out? Like, there's been so yeah. many. Yeah. They've all come and gone. They're yeah. all supposed to completely destroy our business. Yep. None of them made a lick of difference. Our business has been exactly the same growth trajectory, the same margins, the same everything during this entire time. time. No yep. matter how many people entered Nothing the frame. changed. Yep. What we kept thinking was someone was going to come up with a Netflix to our blockbuster yep. and we'd be screwed and we'd be yep. all done. What we didn't think about was our customers didn't necessarily care about that. Our customers wanted to buy our product, yep. not our competitors. And I think we should kind of stick on that point for a second. Sure. They show up and they say, hey, I love this virtual product. Uh, I love the price point. I love the service, et cetera. I'm good. A competitor comes out and it's an AI version that's going to do all your scheduling. It doesn't actually work, but it sounds cool, right? <laughs> yep. Our competitor, or I'm sorry, our customers, don't just flock immediately. They just drop their shit and say, right. I've all heard of this. I'm all changing. Our business just totally evaporates. Now, has it happened to somebody? Probably. But generally speaking, that's not the way the market works. Yeah. The market works whereby another new entrant comes in. Some new customers who are generally new to the industry yep. evaluate them, maybe buy maybe stick around and all the reasons they're not going to be around for the long term come to the surface. And we sit on the sideline and just watch it all happen. Yeah. Happens over and over again. I actually remember a, uh, getting a message from one of our assistants saying that uh, their client had asked them to research some of these AI assistants and they wanted to know what to do. They're like, should I do that? I was like, yeah, of course. You know, here, here's the list of the ones I've already taken a look at. Um, and none of them work very well. Uh, but, you know, right. put together a list for them and, you know, give them the pros and cons. Um, and I, th I think at the end, uh, she put together something like 12 options just to, to give you some sense for how many are out there. There were 12. 12 options in this AI category uh, and the client ended up not using any of them because they didn't right. actually work. They're, 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 all of their taglines are the same. You're like, why hire a human for something a, a machine can do, right? Well, when you uh, need something that a machine can't, which is still the vast majority of things that happen in the world. So yeah, if you need it to actually work, uh, <laughs> but, but actually that's the core of it though. Yep. A shit product is still a shit product. And yes. what we're saying is that, we now have a shit product. Yes. Then we should be concerned. Yeah. But we don't have a shit product. We have a great product. Correct. So we should not be concerned. When I was worried about leash trader stealing all my business at Swapolis, I didn't consider that I had a really good product. It worked really well. Yeah. I wasn't going to lose just because the new entrant said they'll do it for 50% less. Right. If it doesn't work, who cares what right. you're charging? Same thing <laughs> you know, with all the, the AI competitors. Yeah. How many people have tried to recreate clarity.fm? Oh my gosh. I like, we get people on there all the time. They, they'll reach out to me as one of the, cause I'm on there as an expert as well. And they'll ask, Hey, you know, we're starting this new platform. It's going to be so much better than clarity. Uh, you should, uh, you should join us over there. And when point I, I point out, you know, I'm, I'm one of the principals of the company. Uh, so probably the wrong guy to ask to switch over. Um, and I said, if you're so amazing, like, uh, why are you out poaching, uh, other people's experts? So they shouldn't, they just right. be flocking there. Like, should they just, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's constant. I mean, we probably see somebody trying this at least once a month that we're aware of, yep. uh, which is to say there's probably dozens more that we're not. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if, what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often. You actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So 
any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. And at first, once again, with this kind of broken mentality, we're like, oh shit, you know, this next company is yep. going to come on. I remember one, one specifically. Um, it was a company called Fountain. And it was uh-huh. run by the guy that uh, sold a company. I'm blank. I should know this. Uh, sold a company to Intuit uh, Mint. Yep. It, it was run by the, the guy that started Mint. Great guy, actually. Um, and he started this company, Fountain. And the idea was going to be that you could uh, hire any kind of expert for like carpentry or, you know, uh, anything. You name Anything. It. Yep. And he had all this funding, you know, this genius AI algorithm and all this stuff. And he and I met up in San Francisco uh, to talk about our respective businesses. Now I have an odd thing. I often meet with competitors, uh, mainly because I think when you, when you get behind each other's business, you know, and you're just talking person to person, um, you build a lot of respect for people. And I've got a lot of people that we compete with in different capacities and I'm just cool with, you know, they're just, they're just good people. Yes, we compete, but we're good. Um, And it's so funny because we sat down, we looked at what he was doing, looked at what I was doing. And we're like, man, these things are going to compete head to head. Fountain doesn't exist anymore. Correct. Right. They, they, they raised a bunch of money. And by the way, I, I'm not, I'm not proud of that fact. That just no. happens to be what happened. Yep. And they don't exist anymore. And all of that genius level of, of investment and, and time they put into it evaporated and went to nothing. Right. At the time, I was like, shit, you know, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. You know, clarity is going to get, going to get destroyed. Yep. What I didn't think about was what if they don't pull it off? Right. If they don't execute, what if you, you name it? Yep. Another example that comes to mind, uh, that I think it, you may remember this one. Do you remember Zenefits? Oh yes. <laughs> right. Now when I open up with, do great you holiday parties? Zenefits? They had great holiday parties. Great. <laughs> so Zenefits for those that aren't familiar, was I believe my if my horrible memory serves me right was the fastest growing HR benefits company and I think at the time the idea was that they were going to give you um, HR payroll services for free yep. but get your benefits uh, yep. which was where, where the, the fact money that was. the words like the the term HR was involved anywhere in the in in the entire thing at all is yep. is still yep. uh, amazing yeah and I remember this at the time little company called Zen Payroll, uh, yep. now Gusto, yep. right? Zen Payroll was a fraction of the size. And I remember Zenefits just being like going zero to a thousand, yeah. right? And just having this amazing trajectory. It's all people would talk about was this amazing company. And it was a total bait and switch. We tried to use them. And if you remember, like they ended up just charging us for the same stuff that was supposed to be for free. Yeah. Different discussion. <laughs> yeah. Super, but at super the cool time, move. They were a juggernaut. They had all the best investors. Again, one of the fastest growing companies in history, you name it. Now they are a footnote. Why? Because it turns out that even if you have all the right things, sometimes you also can't make it happen. Sometimes you make too big of promises, right? Where you say, oh my God, like, you know, we're going to raise $500 million for this or a billion dollars for this and a massive valuation. And then you actually have to execute. Yeah, you got to go do the (laughs) thing you say you're going to do. You have to pull it off. And it turns out that's not very easy. I think part of our assumption is that just because this company said they're going to do what they claim they're going to do, yep. that they can also do it, which over the long run is way easier said than done. And I think we just had the benefit of having seen it enough times, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, and 
And we have, we've seen this over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and we've even seen this in markets that we're going into, right? So I think there's the other right. side of the coin, which is you, you may be looking at the market. Oftentimes I'll have, you know, people come to me and say, well, Hey, look, thinking about doing this, but there's, you know, there's some really strong competition. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about the really strong competition. One, how are you evaluating the really strong competition other than they already exist, uh, which there's something to be said for that, right? There's inertia. So are you going to be able to go and take all of their customers? Per our earlier discussion, probably not. That's just not how that works. Do you need to? Also, probably not. That's just not how that works. You can grow your own business, your own niche through your own differentiation. Um, and it's it's a different it's a different issue. Um, but I, I think it's still salient to this discussion to talk about when you're thinking about launching something, right? And you're seeing that there's competition in the market uh, that is not really a, a no fly zone, right? It doesn't mean you can't go do this. Where would Right. I, and, and we see this a lot. People are like, yeah, but I just, I got, you know, bad news. I was Googling. I'm like, well, this probably should have happened months ago since we're, we've been talking about this for a while. Um, I was Googling and I, I found out there's somebody who does exactly what we're going to do. And then it's always, we break it down. Like, well, let's, let's, let's break exactly into a couple of pieces. Do they do exactly what you're going to do? Um, are you running the company? Because if not, it's unlikely to be exactly what they're going to do. And Correct. in so many cases, you know, they're, they get so concerned and so worried about the fact that there's somebody already in the space. Um, and then I'll, I'll bring a couple of examples. I'll tell them like, look, you know, do you, we, we reference this every once in a while, but do you think, uh, that, you know, that the early search engines are glad that they beat Google to market, right? Do you think right. that, uh, MySpace was super happy that they launched before Facebook? My guess is no, right? It doesn't matter to your point. Execution is what really starts to matter here. Um, and if they had decided not to enter those markets simply because there was someone there, uh, we would have missed out on all this fun that we've had with those platforms for all these years. The other side of it is that just because uh, there, there's somebody in that market, um, you know, you, you definitely don't want to take that as a, a do not fly zone because most businesses that work really well are incremental innovations on things that already exist. I think people are looking for right. this magic bullet where they're going to find a market pocket that just exists that no one has ever touched before. That They're going to discover some lost tribe that just suddenly needs whatever it is that they have and they've never been serviced before in their entire lives. So very rare to find such a thing. Um, and you face really uphill adoption curves, right? If you innovate too much, if it's something so new that people are like, wow, I've never seen that before. You want to try it? Like, hell no, right? So this is just the way this goes. So when you see that there's a lack of competition in the market, to me, that's as concerning or probably more concerning than when there is competition. If there's not competition at right. this day and age, there's probably a reason. Somebody's probably already figured out Nobody wants to buy this shit, all right? So don't take competition as a sign that you should halt in your tracks, whether it's coming at you as an existing business or whether you're heading at them as a new entrant to the market. You should also expect to have competitors. Yes. Right. Yes. Another entrant into the market isn't saying, well, I guess, you know, everybody's going to buy their product or ours. Like yep. you were saying, like when you go into the grocery store, there's not just one oh brand God. of anything. No. Right. <laughs> there's Death plenty of brands of everything. Yep. There's not just one brand of car as much as Mr. Musk would like you to think otherwise. There's tons of cars. Soon. And they all have, right. They all have their own merits. The whole point is if you're in a good market, if you're in a market that you care about, yep. you should expect to have plenty of competitors. Right. And some of those competitors will actually bring ultimately customers to you. Correct. Because they'll attract people that you haven't reached out to or you haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, or give you ways to reach some of those those customers. I, I just 100%. went through an exercise a couple of weeks ago with a founder 
who has a tool that's going to compete with some other fairly major tools that are already out there. And they were trying to figure out, well, how can we find out who wants to use this? And I said, well, you know, there's quite a bit of dissatisfaction within the incumbent tools. And he says, yeah, but how do we find those people? I'm like, well, I didn't, and this is a, this is a, a, a tool that gets embedded into a website. So it's actually quite easy to see who's using the incumbent solution. They said, sure. look, just go out and start, you know, go, what, you know, there are plenty of tools that will show you what code bases these things are built on, which of these sites have this stuff installed, and just start scraping. And you'll know who's using, which which of these sites is using your competitor's tools, and start to poke at some of that dissatisfaction, right? So your competition can actually be an inroads to, uh, to, to customers at some point, again, if you have a better solution. Well, the other side of it, though, Ryan, is is that we keep assuming that the market is fixed based on how much of it we've penetrated, yeah, right? Right. So, yep. so this is how big our business is. So if another business comes in, clearly we've gotten all the, the yeah. all the possible right. customers, yep. right? No one else could find any customers that we haven't found. And what do you know? A thousand other businesses have gotten into the virtual assistant business and yep. yet our business continues to grow. It's never gone backward. And so you've got to wonder if that's the case, then where did those customers come from? Mm-hmm. If we're so good at what we do and we're so uh, prolific in the, in the audience, how is it possible that, that our business got, uh, continuing to grow instead of getting smaller, yep. all these other people c- came in. It's because the market probably isn't a fraction as big as it needs to be. And those competitors are actually expanding the market for us, yep. which generally is a good thing, which yep. generally gives us an opportunity to expand our own business. It generally works for us. Yeah, particularly in innovative markets. Again, so like if this is something where it's it's relatively on the leading edge, right? So you're you're still at awareness with most people, right? They're not at a buying decision level. They're at awareness level. They need to understand, does this matter to me? Why does this matter to me? How will this help me? Um, and so generally speaking, you know, the, the more competitors in the market, the faster awareness gets built, the more people understand, yes, I do need or want this thing. Then it comes down to deciding which one, right? So then, then there right. is some competition. But again, like nobody has, well, if somebody does, you can, you can feel free to email me at ryan at startups.com. Uh, if they have the, uh, the secret magic bullet for reaching the entire market at once with your messaging, um, or if one of your competitors does, please, please let me know. I'll gladly reach out and I'll share the secret with you after I find out. Um, but Wonderful. I don't see that happen very often. So yeah, not really as much of an issue as we make it out to be. I think where this blows up for us as founders is we're distracted. And we talked about that at the top of the episode yep. where we get to a point where we're thinking, oh shit, we need to run in all these different directions and kind of take our eye off the yep. ball. When if anything, having competition means we got to stay in our lane. Yes, We need to be more focused. And when I say we, Ryan, I don't just mean you and I as, as founders. I mean, our whole team. Yep. If there was ever a time where we need to make sure, hey, everybody stay focused right now. Having competition enter the fray is exactly that time yep. to remind people too, right? That, that this isn't just about a competitor coming on. It's about us saying, we've got to build a great product and we don't just have to feature compete with them. Our product has to be amazing. Yeah. No one hops in a car and says, well, the other car has better features, but this thing's a total piece of shit and I'm going to drive <laughs> it anyway. Well, I, really any car, I guess I, I grew up yep. with, but short, short of that, we look at it and say, hey, I like this car for what it does well, so I'm going to buy it. Yes, there's a competitor that has other stuff, but I'm going to buy this if it's the best that what I think it should do, right? And for us as founders, we need to maintain that focus right. at a time when it's the hardest to do because someone else just raised $20 million and we're thinking, oh shit, we have to be able to compete at that level or we're screwed. 
We don't actually. We don't. Freaking focus. There, there are so, I mean, like we think of these things as direct competition, right? And so we'll circle back to something you said a few minutes ago, which is that they're often reaching people that we've not reached at all. So they're not directly competing, right? If they start calling all of our customers, now we're directly competing. But there are so few markets in the world where you really have well-known incumbents to the point where they're all household names and they're all directly competing and there any one of them is taking the majority of the business it just doesn't happen right. very often right even if you look at look, can will we will we allow a sports reference here I, I i try not to use them but let me let me do this just for a minute so please even if we're in a directly competitive environment let's just use the the nfl right we're in a directly right. competitive it's one i don't know very much about honestly but the nfl uh directly competitive environment right even when you have direct competition and how the competition performs is directly relevant to your performance. They still spend a fraction of their time studying the competition versus the amount of time they spend working on their own product. In this case, right. their players, their plays, their lineups, all of that stuff, right? So yes, you may adjust to competition. And this is in a situation where that is the product. Your ability to compete with them is the product. And this just is right. so much further on the spectrum than any startup is ever going to face in terms of direct competition. Even in that case, they're only spending a fraction of their time on what the competition is doing or what the competition is going to do. Most of their time is spent honing their own product. And as founders, we have to do the same. We have to. Right. I think what, we need to do again as founders, but, but as the entire team, we need to get to a point in the business where we're aware of competition. We keep tabs on competition just to understand what else is out there, but we make it a priority within the business, within our own mindset to say, I'm going to pay attention for 1% of my time, yep. but for the rest of the time, I'm zoning out. I'm focusing on my customer, on my product. And that's all I care about because I want to yep. be the best at what I'm going to do. I don't care what other people are doing if I'm doing a shitty job with my product. Yep. But if I'm focused and I keep in front of what my customer wants and I keep in front of what I care about, I'm going to win. Said differently, if you know everything about your competition and you understand them inside and out and you spend no time on your own product, you're not going to win either. Right. Agreed. <laughs> so that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you spend so much time focused on them winning that that's exactly what happens. All right. So that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but, you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.